And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. If you remember rightly, on a Friday, I was the one who had a little bit of positivity about me and said, in answer to the question of, will Yeovil Town stay up? I answered, yes, they will. Now, I am joined by some people who I'm going to need to be the positivity tonight. So I'm joined by Mr. Ben Barrow. Hello, how are you? Uh, Are you my positivity? Next question. (laughs) <laughs> and Mr. Ian Perkins. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. Are you my positivity? <laughs> I will try my very best. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Well, we've got we've got a trier and a next question. So um yes. And Ian was the one who was at the game on Saturday against Southend United, whilst Ben and I were watching on through the uh the wonders of television. Um continues to be a wonder, doesn't it? <laughs> At what point does it not become a wonder anymore? Is it not a wonder? No. Well, there you go. It's amazing I, what they can do with can technology just, these days. Can I just ask, how were the pronunciations of Hewish and Yeovil and all of that? Adam Virgo was very Yeovil. Yeovil. There was lots of Yeovils. And um, Danny Cowley was on the sideline. Yeah. Um, Aaron McLean was all right with it because he never mentioned us at all. He just spoke about Southend. So, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Danny Cowley spoke about Yeovil a lot. Um, I didn't notice any hushies or. No, no, I think the first Matt Smith Hewish Park was a concerned effort to get it right. right. I feel like he'd been somewhere in the bowels of Hewish Park just going over it himself. Hewish, 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 <laughs> Hewish, say Hewish. So, and you could almost sense it as he was coming up to the word that he was thinking about it, and then he says it correctly, and after that, he's calm. That's it, right. Yeah. But I, I think, I think he was, no, I think he was thinking about it the whole time. Yeah. Who is she? Oh, good. Yeah. No, it was all right. That was, that was, that was the best bit of the whole day. <laughs> Pronunciation reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, but yes, we're going to have to talk about it, aren't we? There's no yeah. way around it, I don't think. Um, and we've got uh, some broadcasting to, to, to fill. So, should, should we not talk about the fact that Graham Potter has been sacked by Chelsea? Would that be more applicable? Has it? Seen? Brendan Rogers earlier today for Leicester, and literally seconds ago, Graham Potter's gone. Should we talk about that instead? Nah, he's suggesting oh. that's a swap. Right. <laughs> you offering? Wouldn't it? So, yeah. Right. Okay. So, Graham Potter, early favourite for the Oval Town job. Um, <laughs> No. Well, I suppose not, the first he thing... It's not a he, vac- what? There's not a vacancy at the moment, Dave. Well, no, that's true. That's true. You'd think there was, wouldn't you? No way. Anyway, um, so let's start this podcast the way we finished the last one, which was talking about Lee Collins and his uh, the anniversary. I've got to say, 
a wonderful, uh, wonderfully observed, if you can have a wonderfully observed minute's applause. But uh, yeah, I saw the, the Southend fans there on their feet doing their bit and um, the flag, the flag was looking, looking all right. It kind of lost its way a little bit when you get to the lesser populated areas of the Thatcher's End. But yeah, I thought that was good. And, and also, you would, I don't know if you saw this, this Ian, but um, Reese Murphy, who obviously came in for some stick uh, when he didn't appear at that end of season game all those many seasons ago, um, said uh, at the end of his interview, he pulled the interview back and he said, I just want to uh, give my dad say that Lee Collins's uh, friends and families are in my thoughts. So I thought that was, I thought that was a good of him. Uh, well, after he scored against us, but there we go. We'll come on to that. But yeah, it sounded good on the TV. Did it sound good in the uh, press box? Yeah, it did. It was nice. It, it, it sort of it got closer and closer to kickoff, and I thought, are we going to do anything? And then you know, we had a couple of songs, and yeah, the flag came out, and uh, yeah, it was it was nice. And uh, I mean, I think it was a big reason as to why we started so well because it kind of created that uplifting atmosphere and you know they were all singing for Colo behind the Thatcher stand and uh yeah there was a bit of bit of noise amongst the supporters and we we came out of the blocks it felt like mm-hmm. in the first or five minutes um I don't know if we want to go there yet or talk the team or any of that uh, but I wasn't massively surprised by the team news I did think we'd go for wingbacks after Freckleton's Time in midfield against Bromley. Um, yeah, and how 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 did you feel that experiment went? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think it went that. It didn't go that badly. Um, okay. I th- we looked alright in the opening stages. Um, thought Pollock should have scored. Yeah, yeah, has to score. It kind of didn't know. Uh, didn't really do one thing or the other, did they? And they pointed it out on the commentary on the thirty was um. It's almost like he was thinking about squaring it, and then it, it hit his boot, and he was and he was away. Um, when actually, what it needed to do was well. I'm not sure squaring it would have done him any good, anyway, because there was a defender in quite close proximity to Maguire. Should have just smashed it into the roof of the net. Mm. Absolute well, he did. Um, I don't know how many times <laughs> we've said that about just put your laces through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the closer to goal we get, the softer we kick it. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a good chance, and then, as is often the case, it sort of feel felt like Southend got to grips with how we were playing, who our runners were, and sort of just that arm's length defending, where yeah. you know, let them knock it around a little bit till they get into Southend's half, and then we'll press, then we'll harry them, and they're you know three big centre-backs that were pretty comfortable. I thought Jordan Young caused a few problems, but it was a quiet afternoon for them at, in defence. Um, and there was there was a few chances when they Grant Smith had to save that header from... Sort of didn't know a lot about it, did he? I think it just sort of hit him on its way towards goal. Yeah. Was when right place, of, right time, though. Yeah, it felt like they were knocking knocking on the door. And it was a set piece, wasn't it? There was a set piece that caused a bit of concern, as per. And then we crossed it back in over the top, and the defending leaves a lot to be desired for 
Jake Hyde to then smack it in. Yeah, well, the way uh, I mean, the way he gets the ball in in the first place, I suppose, is the is is the first thing. But then the header at the back post was it Scott Morris? I think it was, or Gus Scott Morris at the at the back post there. Um, and he, I mean, he did really well to head, head, head it down, but he did wonder who's with him. <laughs> Who's the, the one that's uh, trying to stop him doing that? Well, yeah, having watched it back, it's Ryan Law that's marking him. Mm. And as the ball actually comes in from the cross, for the, the second cross, he's actually in a great position, Ryan Law. He's within arm's length of him. He can grab him. He can, he can, he can cause an issue. And then he just ball watches. Watches this ball float over his head harmlessly. The header comes down. Jake Hyde has done what all good strikers do and just peeled off he's he's barely moved a yard but in doing so because ryan law's watching the ball and running away from him he's created three or four yards of space the ball drops down and then just nobody in green reacts and it says we're talking split second decisions here but Hyde does react and just gets this shot and because grant smith's gone down to try and save the first shot that actually gets blocked grant smith's on the floor he's trying to get back up and get across again it's just a whacking great open goal and and yeah, I don't think Ryan Law had his best game yesterday. I thought he was quite out a number of times. I think he looked a little bit rabbit in the headlights um, at times. And yeah. I, I thought he was bad against Bromley as well. I think against Bromley, he didn't have a very good game. Him and Andrew Oliver Boy looked hopeless on the same side together mm. last week. And that form seems to have continued. You just, there was a, there was a couple of moments where, it was the same as last week where Staunton's pointing at him and demanding the ball and urging people to get it in the box towards the end. And it's just, yeah, it's not, it's not working. And I think, you know, Jamie record would have been the preferred option there at left wing back. Had he been fit? Um, I believe. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't even on the bench, was he? No. So, yeah. And then, but after that goal goes in, sort of any energy that there was in the ground is just totally sucked from it. And we just never got up again. Just couldn't. Yeah. It was, it is like our Groundhog Day again. And, you know, I hate saying how it's the story of the season, but we can see the goal. The team that's gone up knows that we're not going to score. <laughs> Or they're going to have to have a monumental cock up to allow us to score, and we just they just keep us at arm's length defensively. We knock it around and try to do bits and pieces, but as soon as we there, get, go on. No, I was going to say that there was a lot of that. I thought from the edge of the D, attacking wise, from the edge of the opposition D to the edge of the centre circle in the south end half, I thought we were genuinely brilliant genuinely fantastic it was one touch it was knocking it about there were people moving around the second we get within a whisker of the penalty area we just completely freeze and everyone disappears there were a couple of times where a cross did come in and you sat there thinking why is the south end defender getting a free header on the penalty spot yeah how is that a thing i just don't understand because we were playing quite nicely in those areas, I thought Maguire Drew had moments. I thought Pollock was the best of a pretty average bunch. 
I think I would say going forward. Um, I thought he had he had a control over the ball that I don't necessarily always feel with an Oliver Bore. You feel like he could always run the ball out of play or that he's going to be too quick for the football and leave it behind. Pollock, I feel like the ball will stick to his feet and he's got his head up in the process. And we are talking very low bar, basic level of stuff here. This is the stuff we teach kids, you know. <laughs> I feel like he can it. kick the ball and not lose it uh, first <laughs> immediately. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he would win most improved player at uh, end of season awards as a 12-year-old. Um, but I just felt like, get the ball to Pollock more. Um, and we just didn't really. What, what did you make of the returning Jack Clark? I mean, obviously, we've no idea whether or not he's match fit. He almost certainly isn't match fit. But when he got taken off at half time, I do remember thinking, oh, yeah, Jack Clark was on. Yeah, I, it, it, I thought he looked like he never was totally in control of the ball at any point. Like when the ball comes. Which we've near just established him, is what you need to. Yeah, you need to be. That's good, right? When the ball Come comes on. near him, sometimes it's like. It's either bouncing and he's not got proper control of it. There was one ball. I think Cooper played the ball across to him. Someone played the ball across to him and he lets it run across to bring it onto his left foot. But it's kicked so hard that he has to run all the way over to the left-hand side and stop it from going out because it's he sort of misjudged the pace of the ball. And I mean, I don't think he's obviously not match fit. Like he's yeah, been out there however many weeks out and is, you know, just... We need someone in centre midfield. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, Pollock had our three best chances, didn't he? The header in the first half that hits the post. Yeah, the, the chance at the beginning. And then there was one in the second half yeah. where P rolls across the line. Yeah. Um, I mean, he has those three chances, but I thought in midfield, I don't feel like I particularly noticed him. I, I thought the game passed him by in those areas. I mean... You know, if he scores all three three chances he has, he's an absolute hero. But <laughs> in, in the yeah, in it was one of those where I didn't particularly notice him in the same way that you notice Matt Worthington when he's yeah, yeah. on the commentary. Yeah. Oliver Bore got a lot of praise from Adam Virgo and Adam Summerton, and 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 I think it seemed to be the fact that when he got the ball, he ran with it and you know, did the step overs and the. Uh, wiggled his hips a little bit and uh, took took people on. And they were talking. I don't know if you we, if you had the commentary on Ben, but they were they were talking about him being Yeovil's best attacking outlet. Which, as we say, when we've we got lots of low bars today, haven't we? And that is that is another one of them. But um, what did you think of Oliver Bore? I thought he was a he, he's a YouTube scout dream. Uh-huh. He will look very good when his agent puts together and clips up his highlights. He is going to be full on one of the best players in this division. The simple fact is he has absolutely no end product. I think there's a lot of talent there, actually. And I wonder if in reserve football at Peterborough, at sort of under 21 level, where your opposition maybe aren't completely trying in the same way that Southend were fighting for their lives, mortgages and you know, next month's wages against players that don't really want it or care. I bet Oliver Bore looks stunning. Absolutely fantastic. And you can see that in the build-up play, but it's, it's, it's Groundhog Day stuff again, isn't it? In the same way that I thought Pollock had little bits of control and had little bits of moments. By the time they get to the penalty area, it's just useless. 
And I was thinking back when they were talking about him to that Halifax game and how him and Abadji were linking up again. And and that was similar, wasn't it? That everything outside of the, before you cross the 18-yard line, was, they looked great. Really? The good good, good link-up link play looked mm-hmm. like he was going to cause a problem. But then, as you say, just the jigsaw effect, isn't it? All just and then if, you, if you remember in that game, the best bit of play actually comes from Agbaji mm-hmm. doing the overlap and getting yep. the header that yep. goes into the keeper's arms in that game. So if anything, it sort of it just sort of settles the point. On the halfway line, out by the sideline, Oliver Bore is fantastic. But uh, just nothing towards the end. He has that weird pot shot from about 30 yards that I'm just not quite sure what he's thinking, really, because it kind of P-rolls towards the keeper in the first half. And I'm just thinking, was that really what was going through your mind at that point? Mm. And, yeah, strange decision-making. Very little end product. But there's an exciting young player there. I just don't need exciting young luxury players right now. I think, I think in fairness to him, anything good that was going to happen in our team yesterday was going to come from either him or... Jordan Young in terms of mm. making, you know, making something happen. He's the only one who can fly past a player with that trickery. I think the problem I have, and none of you would have heard this because you weren't listening to the radio, was um, <laughs> was that the way we were playing, it was like, oh, get out to Oluwabori. Oh, he's got nobody near him who's offering, offering the ball. So he, he has to do that he has to like skin a load of players and then he finds himself inside and having to make awkward passes but it, it just reminds me so much of the Darren Way years when player A would give the ball to player B and player B would have no one near him to like offer or do the next thing it's always one move at a time rather than player A thinking what can he do with the ball who's going to be near him in the next moment to make something happen. And it's just, you know, give it to all a boy. He'll make something happen, hopefully. And that's we'll just... play a C, D or E. Where are they in all of this? Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's where we miss worthy so much because he's the one who runs so much and offers in the midfield and is always an option. And, you know, I think, I think Charlie Cooper tries to do that, but, you know, his job is a lot more, crash bang wallop at moments isn't it and to try and break things up but the lack of the i think we'll look back at that yellow card at halifax for worthy and think what a big moment that has been in the season because back to bromley we tried to stick with the same shape and tried with freckleton in midfield didn't work so we had to go back to wing backs and have had to try different combinations again and you know, that, that trio of, it was Cooper at the base, wasn't it? Worthington and another, well, Jordan Stevens was the peak. Oh, well, I was, do you know what? I, I was going to mention him because there was a moment yesterday in the second half where I looked at the bench after the, I know we'll get to the Max Hunt thing in a minute, but I looked at the bench and went, I think there's a place for Jordan Stevens on that bench. And obviously he's not fit, he's not ready, but like to be able to call upon someone who also tries to bridge the gap between midfield and attack in the same way that Worthy has done to have neither of those I wonder we we haven't mentioned him have we since he's since he's been injured but I wonder if we're missing Jordan Stevens 
a little bit in the same way we're missing Worthington. Yeah, massively, I'd say. Um, I was just going to say, because he did the same thing against us at Southend as well, but, but Jay Carr, I don't know he's got injury problems and all the rest of it, but he's on, I forgot that he's on loan from Wrexham, isn't he? To, yeah. to Southend. Now, probably the answer is that there's Southend management have got good contacts um, and have been able to get him in, but how is a player like that been on loan at Southend, albeit with injuries and so on, for all, all, all season, why can't we get a player like that? I don't know. It's a, it was a good piece of management, actually, because both him and Murphy were deliberately left out of the fake pitch yeah. match against Dorking yeah. to avoid them getting any injury, knowing that they would play on turf against us. And it's that's been an absolute blinding bit of management, isn't it, to rest two strikers and... <laughs> Rest two strikers. Imagine yeah. having two strikers. Um, but well, two, that's all we've yeah. got now. I think. So, yeah. I think we know that we weren't ever going to be shopping in that pond of yeah. players for, for loans because. But, well, you'd no, like. But, but if you go back to the start of the season when 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 they got him, Southend yeah. are a club that have got no money. We're a club that's got no money. Southend are a club that just come out of the football league. We're a club that came out of the football league a bit longer ago. Why shouldn't we be going for a player like that? And the answer might be, quite legitimately, Kevin Mayer, whoever it is, has got a better contact with Phil Parkinson than anyone that we have got. And, I don't know, Jake Hyde, I think he's from the North, isn't he? Wasn't he a Halifax before, wasn't he? So, um, yeah, I don't think Southend's any closer to the North than, than the Overlies, but, um, but, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Why? I, should have I don't asked. want to know. Sorry, I'll... I'll <laughs> I will take that to Twitter and uh, and demand to know things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe they are paying his wages, a percentage of his wages that we were never going to get near attempting. Maybe. Yeah. That's the, you know. Given they have less of a pot to piss in than we do, then... Well, they... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We Don't have, tell the tax we, have, we didn't have a very big pot last year, did we? No. No. <laughs> um, okay. So half time, couple of boos. Uh as as per. Um and we make changes at half time. I thought that was probably thought that was coming because we just fizzled out after that first ten minutes and I mean the the change was an obvious one. Fisher's the one who tends to come on when we need to go a bit more direct and you could see the the idea and what Mark Cooper was trying to do. He certainly explained it afterwards that the whole plan was get the ball up, get someone on who can knock it down and bring others into it, but didn't really get much chance to see that happen. Um, a couple of touches, didn't he, Fisher? But yeah, not really. Yeah. And then obviously that horrific, horrific injury. Yeah. What did, I mean, what did you think of it, Ben? Because I'd seen a couple of people say that it was a needless tackle that um, that Fisher didn't need to make the challenge on on the goalkeeper. Um, I mean, I think he's a striker, therefore he's going to go for the he's going to go for the ball. And I, I certainly don't think he can put any blame on well, either player. It seemed to be 50-50 that a goalkeeper and a striker going to do what they should be doing. I can just imagine the final words that. Mark Cooper said to Alex Fisher was go out there and, and try and make an impact. 
try and do something that gives a spark into the into the um into the thatcher stand and on another day he gets there a split second quicker nicks the ball away gets cleaned out penalty mm-hmm. one all potentially hang on a minute in front of the thatchers everyone goes up and that's what he's trying to do he's trying to create something he has every right to go for the ball the keeper was probably always favorite to get there but he has every right to go for it and every right to try and get there and it's just a complete freak accident and uh, i feel so so bad for him if that's the ankle it's been it's been a long time since gcse biology and gcse pe but if i'm not mistaken the ankle is a horrible one to try and get right because there's Lots, lots of, of bones, there, lots yeah. of ligaments in there, lots of things moving, lots of things that are happening all at once. And at its worst, that might be him done till Christmas, the new year. Hopefully it's not at that bad a level and it can be, he can be back for the start of preseason possibly or something, but it's anywhere in between, isn't it? If well, it's a, if it's a break. A couple of people said after the match that it was definitely fib, definitely fibula. Possibly, possibly tib, tibia as well. Well, the the cameraman behind the goal and the director weren't afraid to show it. No, I don't know if you saw that live, but they yeah. were quite happy to have a bit of a zoom in. Yeah, um, and it, which a scream of pain, and then oh. you heard Virgo go, "Oh, oh, oh," or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But his yeah. his ankle was at a very strange position. Yeah, and. I mean, you could see from the, I mean, you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have been able to see this on the camera, but you could see the supporters behind the goal. Yeah, you can. Wincing and sort of some of them just running down the steps to be like, come on, help, like help him. And it felt in that moment, it felt like an eternity before anyone yeah. got on the pitch to, to do anything. And uh, yeah, there was a real sort of, like, like massive concern because it was so close to like the supporters as well, like yeah. so like, visible to those behind the goal. And I mean, in that moment, you just knew it was serious just from the reaction and the way the keeper reacts as well. Mm. Um, he doesn't realize, first of all, no. he turns, he has the ball in his hand, he turns round as if to almost say it's no foul. Because he thinks that Fisher, for just a split second, Fisher's claiming that he's been fouled. And so he's almost, get, that you can almost see his face go, no, that's not foul. And then he turns around and probably sees what we've just seen on the camera of the ankle facing the wrong way. And then it all just, you could just see his face go, oh God, I've injured this kid. And I, I didn't realize how young the keeper is. 19. He's 19 years old. On loan, is he on loan? Uh, not sure. Not sure, but he's 19 years old. He's not played a lot of football. Is this his third start, second start this season? Because he's yeah, in for the injured. He, um, he played in the game there at their place. He's, he's played, played quite a few game. times. Yeah. Oh, okay. In that case, he's been out. Of the, he's been out of the team for a while, and I think he's he's come in for somebody coming for their regular keeper or sort of more regular keeper recently. And um, yeah, his heart must have been in his mouth as he realizes what has happened i was going to say what he's done but it's there's there's no there's no blame there it's a freak thing and yeah all we can do is hope that alex is okay we're led to believe he's being looked after in nova hospital presumably there'll be some surgeries and stuff taking place if they haven't already oh i feel yeah. for it because we've made we might have given him a hard time for his goal scoring this year but there's no question in my mind that he's just a blooming good bloke and someone who does care and if you recall back to 
the horrible scenes at the back end of 19 when we dropped out of the Football League. People refer back to that day at Northampton and he was the only one who really cared on a on that day, on that pitch. Others, Him of course, and Nathan weren't. Baxter were about the only two people who came over and apologised. Yeah, and that means a lot to people at the minute. And, and I'm sure we'll go and talk about other characters that are clearly up for this, but I always got the feeling he was up for it. He always was up for it. And, oh, I mean, if that doesn't sum a season up, I don't know what does. And I think the impact that injury has on like the rest of the team in that moment, mm. obviously um, Jordan Young was really close to it and it was almost like, I don't know what they showed on on the telly, but Jordan Young was almost like, he was talking to Fisher like the whole time, um, like crouched over him while the physios were doing their bit and sort of the stewards were blocking the view. Um, yeah, at one point Scott Wickens sprints over the pitch with the like leg brace like it's an inflatable brace that they put around the leg he just sprints past all the stretcher bearers who are strolling along i was gonna say they weren't in hurry were they no and and you know i don't know if it's one of the one of those like health and safety things where they're probably not allowed to run across the pitch (laughs) and and this type of stuff because they're not they're not kitted out in football boots or anything like that um i don't know i don't know but it felt yeah, it felt like it took an eternity, but you know, it probably takes a bit of time to get the leg supported and you know, in the right position to then do all that and and move fish. But uh, yeah, it was it was awful, and I don't remember any. I don't remember any injuries like like that Hewish Park, other than I think it was, was it Darren Rack at, um, when we played Walsall all those years ago and. Colin Miles put a tackle in on him. Um, obviously, there's the Neufeld one re- recently, but... I'll tell you what I got flashbacks for. Remember the lockdown season? And... I forget the lockdown season. I know. And we were all watching on streams. And oh, was it last game? Second to last game? Lawson Diaz goes down with his ligaments. And you just think, as a player that has put his body on the line, that cares so deeply... He was playing out of position. He was playing when he probably shouldn't have been playing. And then his ligaments go. And it's a genuinely serious injury. And that was just, I mean, that just, I think I even Instagrammed a picture that said something along the lines of a picture that sums up a season we also desperately needed, but are also glad it's over. And I get the feeling we're going to be looking back and regardless of what happens, whether we stay up or go down, we'll look back on Alex Fisher being stretched off as a similar kind of theory of, that sums up a season that we're all kind of looking forward to back in August, but I am so ready for it to be over. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. Um, let's get to the end of this game. Shall we <laughs> mm, quickly? <laughs> so we replaced Fisher for Max Hunt. Yeah. Uh, preferred over an actual striker in Malachi Linton. And I did get the thinking. I understood put a beam pole up front and try and win knockdowns, but we just didn't we just didn't boot the ball up to him in the end. Like it was either too short, he was too, you know, too far out from goal to really impact anything. And then no one got near him. It wasn't until Linton actually brought Linton on that yep. player was actually near him to try and make something happen. But it just felt so hit and hope. Balls down the channels. 
try and make something happen. There was no real pattern or rhythm. It's almost like, and you know, to some respects, you can understand it. Why would they have practiced attacking movement with Max Hunt up front? But that's probably not high up on the training trail. Um, but it just didn't feel like there was any real sort of strategy of how we were going to break South End down. And then obviously uh, Freckleton gets a red card. I don't know what your, what the view of it was on the telly. Um, what was the first one for? I think the first one was for a similar kind of foul, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a player on, it was in the first half, a player was on the turn, wasn't it? And he was just late in the tackle. And I think almost a couple of minutes after a South End player got booked for a very similar tackle to that. So the first one I think was a yellow, no complaints about that. But yeah, I haven't, have a brilliant view it was all through bodies from where our angle was but i don't think the referee was inclined to give it until the south end wing back runs over to him and reminds him that he's on a yellow card then all of a sudden the second yellow comes out i don't think he was going to give it but it's it's not a foul touches the ball first he does come from behind but it's not a foul adam summerton says as much on the commentary he says I think he gets the ball first. I don't quite understand. But then that's it. It's kind of forgotten about. And I was sat there thinking, any chance someone could make more of a deal of this, please? <laughs> We've been done here. Um, it's not a foul. Definitely not a yellow card. It was a tackle maybe that I would class as needless. I'm not sure the attacker's going anywhere. Or at least he's going wider of the penalty area. I don't think he's sort of heading directly in towards goal, but it doesn't matter if... if, if it's not reckless. It's not dangerous. It's maybe needless. It's certainly not a yellow card in a month of Sundays. Even if you want to give the foul because you think it's from behind and whatever, it's certainly not a yellow card. I don't recall him being talked to you by the ref as if to say, that's your last one, mate. Any more and you're off. Yeah. I don't recall that taking place or at least not seeing it or having it referenced. It looks so innocuous. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. The right, the right wing back sprints over the pitch to the referee to say he's on a booking. And I genuinely don't think he was going to make that decision. Yeah, that's the kind of... That word in the ear, and, you know, it was kind of just compounded everything of the afternoon. It, I mean, I, I got to say, I don't think, I don't think Freckleton is going to be a player that's going to keep us in this division. Um, I think he was poor last week and I think he was poor yesterday i don't think if we if worthington's fit i don't think we're playing a back three with him in the team um i thought it was sloppy with the ball booted it out a couple of times and i mean and it must be extremely difficult to come into a relegation battling team and try and you know try and influence and make an impact but i do think he's struggled in the first games i've seen of him And then Reese Murphy comes on. Should we talk to Staunton Header first, though? Oh, well, was that? But that was was that that was before the sending off, wasn't it? Before the sending off, uh, timelines are yeah. crazy, aren't they? We we were threatening from a set piece. Yeah, well, I mean, Bevan had one just before it. Was that before mm-hmm. after that one where he he jumps above everyone else, and you just think, oh, if he can get a little bit higher, he can get his head over that one and knock it down. But the save from Staunton's header. Like he could not have put that any further in the corner. And uh, it's a phenomenal save from the keeper. 
yeah, keepers had a good game, hasn't he? Overall, I thought he was quite dominating on crosses. He had very little challenges on occasions, but I thought he was fairly dominant. I thought he his distribution was pretty good. And then to pull off a save like that when your team needs him. And again, we talk back again how he's not played a lot of football recently. He's just injured a guy badly. And he's had to have some support and help to through that. And then pull off a almost certainly a a point-winning save. You know, that goes in. The game could change, can it? And again, you talk about lighting up the Thatcher stand. Well, that happens if that goes in. It's all one-way traffic, isn't it? For the final few minutes, the doubt sets in for them. It's it's potentially a match-winning save. Certainly a point-winning save. And then Murphy comes on. Mm, doesn't and, just. Uh, I said at the time, this script has been written. Mm-hmm. I'll take a bit of the blame for <laughs> what happened. Commentator's curse. Before he scores that goal, um, Grant Smith makes... Well, you said before we were recording, Ben, probably the best save you've ever seen. It's it's right up there. It's right up there. He has no right to get it. You can you can tell the exhaustion is set in because Charlie Cooper tries to push the guy off the pitch to stop the ball coming in. He's not even trying to put a tackle in. He just tried to push him. Doesn't work. Ball comes in. Three players have got a free header in the 18-yard box. Defending is atrocious. But how? Grant Smith flings a leg up to get anything on that ball to deflect it onto the bar and out again I have no idea and I can only assume that the defenders around him at the time were so stunned by the quality of this save they decided that it wasn't worth going to try and deal with the ball that had just come back into the field of play because this save was so incredible we needed to stop and applaud it for a second or two Um, and then um, Reese Murphy or Nathan Ralph it should be said who was the other one swinging a boot at it for a double where are they now whammy um, decide just to have a little go. Grant Smith nearly gets up to save the thing, by the way. He nearly gets there. But yeah, he's been on the pitch for 27 seconds. First touch, game over. Absolute poacher. Yeah. Baxman. Yeah. What we do, what we do for that. Even uh, well, even even when he wasn't fit playing for us, he was still our top scorer by some distance, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Two seasons in a row. Yeah. Where do we go? Where do we Gateshead, go? apparently. <laughs> uh, should we talk about Gateshead before we do the uh, ever-expanding list of questions? I think they are all going to be very, very hungover after their FE trophy semi-final victory and concentrating only on their trip to Wembley. We can only I, hope. I really hope that's the ben, case. I was going to say, ben, ben has got some kind of a shrine and candles lit in front of him as he prays to that altar, makes uttering that sentence. Oh, they're scoring goals. And I'll, I yeah. know they would concede a few weekend, but uh, if they score three against us, we're not going <laughs> to... I can't see us scoring three, uh, three in return. It's the next three are so huge. And we've had so many points this season where we've had must-win games. <laughs> now, now we're actually at must-win games. Well, yeah, probably. But we're going to have to do a couple of things we haven't done an awful lot of. And that's, 
win away from home. We've done that once. We're probably going to have to do that twice, if not thrice, before the end of the season. We're going to have to do something that we haven't done since Darren Sarr was in charge, and that's win back-to-back games of football. I mean, the form doesn't stack up, guys. With the greatest of respect, going into a, a game against a team unbeaten in six in all competitions, including two dramatic FA Trophy progressions. I mean, it doesn't look pretty on paper, but even off paper, like how you lift the team, like how I, I thought there was almost like, I feel resigned to us going down, but it almost felt like, you know, after the match and Mark Cooper's comments, it almost felt like there was a, like, where was the belief? And I know it's like in the immediate aftermath of that game, seeing one of your players go through an awful injury, you know, just just feeling down about things and and like how you how you react in that moment. It just felt like where's the belief going to come from? Like who is going to who's inspired? I know Josh Staunton spoke brilliantly, like unbelievably well afterwards, and he, you know. There's evidence there who the inspiration is in that dressing room for those players, but it just felt like a. Have you seen the the clip of? I think it's just after the injury, and sort of all the players are huddled together and they all sort of started going back out onto the pitch to get ready to go down, and Mark Cooper just sits down on the advertising hoardings by himself, and it's just a huge puff of the cheeks. No one's near him, and I'm just sat there thinking, "You're having a really hard time, mate, aren't you?" You're having a really tough time, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure he knows what to do come Tuesday. I'm not sure he knows. I think he's going to have to pick eleven players on which eleven players are physically available, yeah. rather than anything else. Yeah, and I don't think that suits him. I don't think that suits us. But to see him just sort of look so dejected, and I don't want to say he's given up because I'm sure. I'm sure he hasn't. And, you know, this is Mark Cooper we're talking about. If he manages like he plays and manages like his son plays, I don't think it's in his nature to give up as such. But it's it's a hard it's it's a hard look to just to see that image of him just puffing his cheeks out as if to say, What am I gonna do? What did we all make of the absence of uh, I mean Callum Harriet? we can assume was absent because he had a thigh strain, which the manager mentioned, but Xander Siziba, who featured in the last game, and Rio Griffiths, who uh, I know Ben is a fan of, um, <laughs> who featured in the previous uh, game as well, were all completely absent from the squad. Do we think that, and put two and two together and say that is all the things that were spoken about after the Barnet game around difficulties in the dressing room and they thought right this is an important game let's stick with the other lads go with that I mean that's the way I read it anyway Saziba and Griffiths were there after the match doing some shuttle runs and things like that um or maybe but... thinking Tuesday in mind well, I mean, the whole, you know, the whole argument in the week has been the players don't get fit without playing matches. 
and the players we've signed are not playing matches. (laughs) So it's just, you know, the cycle goes round and round. And, you know, I'm not not sure a 19-year-old from Ipswich is going to be the difference maker in this season at the foot of the National League. But Rio Griffiths is one of only two centre forwards that we have recognised striker that we have now. And even before that game, he was one of only three. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't get on the bench on Tuesday, then... Yeah, that does speak volumes, doesn't <laughs> it? Does, yeah. Um... Saziba... Saziba's ours, obviously. And he I've always so. felt... Well, he is, isn't he? He'll sign from Ipswich? Yeah, we assume so. I mean, there's very. it was obviously announced by the owner, wasn't it? So the club did do an announcement, yeah, yeah. and they yeah. said that he's, he's, he's signed, he's been released yeah. by it, written sign. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I always felt like he was he was the one that I think was referred to as we've got a plan for the summer, we're going to pull the, pull the trigger early. So I don't think he was ever for this season anyway. He's someone that we were looking forward to using next year, full preseason, blah 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 blah. Rio Griffiths was the one that was brought to the club, whoever brought him to the club to try and score a couple of goals to keep us up. And I mean, I think the hand has probably been forced that he'll have to be involved in some way, shape or form over the next few games because there's nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, we've got Worthy back, which is going to be a huge boost. Oh, massive. I guess the thing we've got to think about we're playing Tuesday, we're playing Friday, then we're playing Monday again. So you've got to nurse a very depleted squad through three mammoth fixtures. Um, yeah, it's all or nothing time, isn't it? And a lot of traveling on a Tuesday night <laughs> um, or whatever day they go up. Uh, it's, it's the like epitome of squeaky bum time isn't it and it's the epitome uh, of that yeah <laughs> and my bum is squeaking <laughs> Let's write that down <laughs> yeah okay questions yeah we do this every week dave you should read the, be ready for the facebook ones all right i've got the facebook questions here let's do it john margit do we think the takeover either came too late or at the wrong time for the club. It seems to have caused instability at a time when we needed to be more united. And then Hilton Mason has come in with three additional questions on this, which says, has there actually been a point this season that consolidation has been possible on the pitch? Is the anxiety increasing due to the instability of the squad? When was the last time we had foundations to build upon? That's a lot of questions in a very short space of time. Do we think the, the takeover has caused instability or do we think um, it's, a, it's a positive thing? I think it's unsettled the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably has. I think, I think that the unit was quite, felt like it was quite a tight core of players. Um, and I know there's only been a, you know, a handful who've come in since, but it just doesn't feel doesn't feel like a team especially the last two games it just hasn't felt like they're like a united group of players to me mm. um, you know part of part of that's down to like the manager to integrate players and you know make sure they're 
they do, you know, come into the group and a part of the group, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the solution's been to it, really. Have we, I think it's evident we've not signed the right, we've not signed the right players. And that's, that's season long. That's evident. That's even Hargreaves in the last summer. Yeah. Well, that's why we've used 40 odd players this season. 44, I think they said, didn't they, on the on the TV? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that has to... Um, We've either had too many defenders at some points, <laughs> too many tricky midfielders. But not a single goal-scoring striker amongst them. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of other questions, um, but I, I don't know. They, they're probably for the end of the questions rather than the beginning of the questions, because I did ask for um, food-related questions, um, ideally with race. It's, the only, it's the only reason I'm here. Yeah, exactly. So um, so there are two others, but can we come back to them? Can we do some Twitter ones and then come back to those? We can. Okay. Um, Callum Hallett says, which players would you realistically like to have here next season that are here now? Grant Smith, Josh Staunton. Think it's realistic. Think Grant, Grant Smith's not realistic. If we go down, I mean, even if we stay up, do you think Grant Smith's realistic? I mean, no, he's not. It's um, yeah. He should be uh, playing in League Two. He should be playing the EFL, not the National League South. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't mind Young. I don't mind Pollock. I think they've got a bit about them. Um. I mean, they've all got two-year deals, have they? Yeah. Zebra's got a two-year deal, so he'll I think, be I think. I wonder if Maguire Drew might want out. Um, I wonder if Hunt might want out. I wonder if... I think Record might hang around, regardless. And I don't mind that. I think I've got a bit of time for him. Um, Joey Johnson might hang around, released by a talky side who are down with us. And I wonder if actually he could do with being a, a big fish in a, in a smaller pond. And I think he's he's maybe got a part to play, but he's not had any kind of regular run or a set position as he this year. Um, I think I'd love to. If Agbaji's coming back, which I would know, love that, of, but was kind of indicated, is there a place for Chori? I, I mean, all of this is sort of it feels like it's all kind of a moot point until we know. Yeah, and Agbaji's not coming back. Oh. It's fine. He is going much higher than us. Um, I would love Staunton to stay. I think there will be clubs in for Josh Thornton. He'll be worth a few quid, and if someone's willing to pay it, then I think we'll have to let him go. Um, I'm interested to see what happens to Linton. <laughs> Might depend on who the manager is. Um, but yeah, there, there, there are players. There are players there that you you look at, and when Josh Thornton says it's ludicrous, we're in the position we are. It is, and you look at players, and I think Jordan Stevens is a cracking little player, mm-hmm. but we've not seen any of it. And I think Jordan Young's shown flashes, but we haven't seen enough of it. And Pollock, we're told, is hashtag United YouTube superstar. Well, great. Looking forward to seeing it, but we just haven't yet. Did you say Charlie Cooper? Uh, I don't think that's realistic because I'm not sure either Cooper's with us next season. Okay. Uh, Was was realism part of this, this question? Yeah, which player would you realistically? Oh, okay. I don't, I, I don't trade in uh, realism. I'm afraid. <laughs> and that's why you think we're staying up. Um, <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Deb says seven is the magic number. Would seven points be enough to secure our National League status? Side note, not sure I can see us getting seven points, though. Oh, seven's maybe a bit low for me. She did add as well that she went to the petrol station uh, and filled up at pump seven and got 70 pounds worth of fuel. I don't know what she's filling up, but it must be something <laughs> with diesel, just, I imagine. Yeah. It's not cheap these days. Um, 45, that takes us to... No, that's not enough. No, you got to be... Okay, I, think 40, I think 46 would be an absolute minimum. Absolute minimum, 46. Yeah. Especially, especially with the way the likes of uh, talk here going. And obviously, yeah. uh, Older Shot have got a new manager coming in, haven't they, by the looks of it? Naughty. Tommy Witherington. Dorking, Dorking are in 17th. I tell you what, if people are still talking about Dorking as relegation possibilities, then they're also talking about Halifax, who are 16th, because they're level on points. That's ridiculous from Dorking. She shows how it could have been done. Three wins in a row and they're bang, they're gone. They're out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we could do. Um, three games, man. <laughs> Dan Cabell says, start with the obvious. Where the hell do we go from here? Gateshead. 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 Uh, Craig McCann says, is Dave going to have his old shot shirt underneath his Yeovil one for Good Friday's Clash? Oh. That suggests that A, I have an older shirt, shirt, which I don't, I should hasten to add. And B, that I will be wearing a oval shirt, which I won't. So there. So the answer will be no. So there. <laughs> but but he will have the half and half scarf ready. Craig was very complimentary about my uh, leg of lamb today as well. So I like Craig. We're we we good mates. Uh Joey Chinnock, this one's related. Uh what's your favorite meat to have on your roast? Beef. I had a leg of lamb today, and it's very nice. So. Is that your favourite, or? Uh, I actually, I would say it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a lamb fan. Lamb is a bottom of the big four for me. Well, four for the big lamb, four. You put lamb on the pork. Correct. Jesus Christ, you animal! Absolute uh, animal. Chicken for me. Chicken. Yeah. Blandy McBland face. Yeah. <laughs> Are you Chris Hargreaves? <laughs> the Chris Hargreaves of roast dinners. <laughs> I'm stuffing with it. Can I'm stuffing with anything? Can I'm stuffing with stuff, a, stuff a joint of beef, do you? No, but you can have stuffing balls. Yeah, but you don't. But you can. If stuffing, <laughs> you, you like it, and you're a grown man. If stuffing's the reason you're picking chicken, you're using the wrong reasons. Well, it's not the reason. It's just nice. Um, it is nice, but it's it's not better than beef. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jay Martina, Jay Marsden, two, 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 two. If or when we go down, are we expected to win the league and bounce straight back up? Will players like Worthy, Grant, Charlie Cooper, and most importantly, Staunton stay for National League South football? Speaking as the only one of the three of us who has uh, experienced regional football, um, no, I don't think we will go straight back up. I think it will take us at least one season there before we um before we'd we... be we'd be everyone's cup final. Us and Torquay would be everyone's cup final. And everyone would turn it on against us. It would be really, really difficult. And if you look at the teams, there are gonna be some 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 teams who are in and around it. You look at St Albans, St Albans might not go up this year. They've had a really good goal scorer, Braintree. Have played really like good stuff down there. 
but might not go up. So there are going to be a lot of good teams there that don't get anywhere. Absolutely look to have... Have they won the league now? Or, like, verging on it? Verging. But, you know, only one of Dartford, Oxford, Chelsea, St. Albans, Braintree, Farnborough go up. Fucking... The list of teams. Oh. You, wait, you wait to, like, keep scrolling. I don't, uh, I, I don't know what a chess hunt is. I thought it was chestnut until about three hours ago. <laughs> well, I have got a poster. Which I'm pointing, but you can't see it. But it's up on the wall with That's a wardrobe, mate. Like a, uh, yeah, on the on the side of the wardrobe, yeah. Uh, with where I've crossed off all the things, and it's loads of loads of brown. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to tick a few boxes at least. You may as well move down south, Dave. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. A, Season ticket on uh, West Coast Mainline, I think. Become a train spotter instead. I guess on the positive side, if we were to go down, then it might, you know, we might have the like second coming of Howard Forrington. <laughs> now that would be something, wouldn't it? Another striker, striker that yeah. bags. Um, oh. Yeah, I think you're right. We, I think we need to build some momentum and it takes that first season to... I think it's going to be a total rebuild, isn't it? It's a rebuild from top yeah. down. Remembering back to the, the early nineties, not that has any bearing or in, in, anything to do with the, with the current situation, but uh, we had similar kind of situation. As Graham Roberts came in midway through the season, Mark Cooper's come in midway through the season of a failing um, Brian Hall team, as it was then, so failing Chris Hargreaves' team. He brought in quite a number of players at the end of that season to try and keep us up, and didn't kept some of those players but basically we we went into the london league effectively ismin league isis league as it was then and um he because of all his contacts in the london area brought a load of players in including warren patmore tony panic to name but a couple mickey engwell obviously um and that was that was what did it but it took them a season um to to get used to it because there were some very good teams in that division who we um, I think it came fourth the first season we were um, we, we were there and um, there was one team Hayes who just ran away with it in that foot well not ran away with it but they yeah they they, they won it um, and went toe to toe with Enfield and then the second season the difference was we got thrown in we had Jerry Gill come in from from Bath City and Rob Cousins as well and that was the that was the difference so it was completely restructure build a side go through a season, do all right, add that little bit of quality in the second season, and boom, we were back up. So, yeah. Boom, he says. Boom, he says. Boom, he says, after a failure of one season in the National League South. Boom, <laughs> boom, just like that. 12 years after we got relegated out of the championship. Boom. Listen, I'm trying to be positive. You're the one who's supposed to bring the positivity, and look at you, you slump back in your chair there, like for the Queen of Sheba or something. <laughs> Um, okay, on to the next one. Uh, John Reed, if when Cooper leaves, whose appointment as manager doesn't have to be realistic? There you go, Dave. One for you, Glenn um, Potter would make you seriously <laughs> question your loyalty to Yeovil Town. Mine would be either Steve Evans or Graham Wesley. Oh, god, Wesley, yeah, yeah. If who would if be Evans, the worst appointment? Uh, well, the only one that could possibly be worse than either of those two is Steve Claridge, yeah. Yeah, because mm. of the connection. Darren, so I, I think I Joel still Campbell. Could... Yeah, Neil yeah. Marvin. 
Neil Marmon. <laughs> oh, imagine. Jeez. Um, yeah, there's there's a few names, isn't there? Wesley, Evans, Marmon, Way, Campbell, Sol Campbell. No. Um, Harry Kuehl? He wouldn't be welcome anywhere near, would he? No. no. Okay. Bobby Wilkinson from uh, who hates Yeovil from Weymouth. Oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. What's the What's the division below the National League South? Asking for a friend. Southern League South. Okay. That's what <laughs> the Southern League South. It's just Cornwall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Dorset maybe. Enjoy. In, uh, it's all in, Western, in, isn't it? Western Truro. Uh, well, they're not, not for much longer. Yeah, no. And Weymouth will be. Um, Who's the Boxing Day game against? Taunton? Bath? That'd be good. Okay, he only lives in Wellington. That's what a... do you mean that'd be good? They just dumped us out of the FA Cup. Why would it be good? Well, I could get away with it on Boxing Day. If it's away. And if it's home. <laughs> I'll be out for like 20 minutes rather than three days. Uh, Will's Gray. Yeah, he's very, very. <laughs> Says, is Jordan Young the best target man we've ever seen at Yo? Cooper seems to think so. Uh, I would say Michael and Goo is the best target man we've ever seen. Yeah. Sorry, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Warren, Bartos. Yeah. <laughs> Can't think of any others other than those two. Those are the ones that stick out for me. Yeah, those two and then Goo. They're the three strikers <laughs> you can think of. James, James Hayter was a very unorthodox target, man. He did just seem to... That's because he was one of the classiest footballers ever to strap on a pair of boots at this level. Well, exactly, Jeez. but we used to get it up to him and he just gentle elbow into the back, get away with it. It's because he's nasty. There you go, Paddy. Also, quick shout out for Malachi Linton, who got booked for giving the ref a shove. Nice. The ref? Like, no, not the, the goalkeeper. The goalie a shove. He gave yeah. the goalie a shove and got booked and I like it. Get yeah. nasty, Malachi. No, can I say that he then got booked and he almost thanked the referee for booking him. <laughs> Such a nice like, guy. He, he, booked, he booked him and the referee and he put his thumb up like, thanks, mate. <laughs> oh, he's so nice. I, I like him a, so much. Get a bet on getting a yellow card. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's, let's not Ivan Tony things here, but um, oh, it was like, I, I saw it and I genuinely had a moment of, yes, he's angry. Yeah. He's sheathed off. Come on. I didn't realise why he got booked and then they showed it on the replay, didn't they? And he literally just walks past him. Nobody else anywhere. Just pushes the goalkeeper into the net. <laughs> like, what's that I liked for? it. I liked it. Big yeah. fan. Uh, Clevo asks, what, what was the point in recalling Will Dawes if we aren't going to use him or include him within the match day squad? Um, obviously, Cleve, I think there's a couple messages after that that uh, makes clear that Will Dawes was injured. Can I just say you didn't put quite the level of anger into Cleaver's oh, question that you did previously? So hopefully yeah. they asked another one, yeah. uh, and I can up it. I'm not going to re-ask it because we are. It's okay. getting late. Um, Gareth Aspinall, how do we get out of this relegation mess? Gates said, "Oh no, that's not the question." Score goals. Score goals, yeah, and don't let any in. Uh, can we stick Jolly up front as target man? He can't do any worse, can he? That's from Tim H. Can I can't just register. say, there, there was a moment, you can't register it, there was a moment on the, on, the, on the TV where they kind of cut to the Jolly Green Giant, and I noticed someone put it on Twitter saying Hitchcock would have been <laughs> proud of that, because it was just this creepiest looking thing, just stood on his own with that grin on his face and the, the, the Palmer Violet shirt on. 
and the slow zoom out to reveal this <laughs> exactly, empty yeah. terrace behind him. <laughs> the loneliest, fake, grin, jolly green giant you've ever seen in your life. It's proper sadness in his eyes, but he's not allowed to show it because he's got a grin for the kids. But he's looking at this football and he's, yeah, it is, it is, it's poetry. It's, it's absolute poetry. The director, for all the grief I gave him for showing um, Alex Fisher's broken ankle, I will, I'll, I'll give him props for that one, definitely. Beautiful moment. Uh, almost a pro pilot asks, what were your guys' opinions on putting Max Hunt up front for Fisher when Malachi Linton was on the bench ready and then putting him back at centre-back and bumping everyone else up the front for the last two minutes when we were already 2-0 down? I feel like we were just scrambling for ideas. Hit and hope. Just, just anything. Yeah, it's what it was. And I, I, a bit like you, Ian, I kind of got the theory of we need the ball in the right area, but genuinely what they should have done is probably told Jordan Young to stand next to Max Hunt, physically next to him. And then as the ball was coming, make the runs from there. Because you, 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 you were perfect, Ronnie said earlier. No one got within touching distance of him. And it literally needed someone to pick up Jordan Young, stand him next to him, or Oliver Bory, whoever it was, just stand him next to Hunt, launch the ball, and then you could have even had two or three of them. Just stand next to him. Ball comes in, scatter. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Don't know. Uh, one from Barry Spiller. As it looks like we are going to be playing at the sixth level of English football next season, does anyone know what Graham Roberts is up to these days? He's Dave, a, you've got his number, haven't you? I have got his number. He's an ambassador at Tottenham Hotspur, um, and he also sells lots of uh, Tottenham and Rangers and Chelsea-related merchandise, from what I can tell. There's already too much Spurs going on at our football club. Don't need any more of that. Uh, Craig McCann says, as a fan base, do you think we overestimated and got giddy over players we could bring in at the end of the National League transfer window so late in the season? I mean, we were only we were only fighting from the shallowest of pools anyway, weren't we? But as a fan probably... base, we might have thought we did because we thought well, we've got these owners that have got some money, therefore they can bring in whoever they like. But I think Mark Cooper tried to bring us down to earth repeatedly and quite correctly to say the hit the ground running 30 goal a season strikers just don't exist at this stage of the season. I mean, they exist, you can't sign them. <laughs> yeah, Macaulay Langstaff is a real. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real Polion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think I mean we we haven't touched on Matt Ugler's tweets today, but he referred to a being quoted one hundred and fifty grand for a for a, a player. It does it, it does work against you when you suddenly have then got perceived money at that time of the season because people are going a I think you've got a bit of cash I'll try and take you for a few extra quid and b it's also worth noting that we got to a stage where it was probably going to be too late to try and replace these people. So if you take the name Dominic Polion from the National League, North, South, whatever, he's in a team that's trying to get promoted. Yeah. They have the, every right to ask a lot of money for a player that yeah. they're going to have to try and replace. Um, your quote about Macaulay Langstaff as well was interesting because I heard a stat that if Notts County took Macaulay Langstaff's goals away, they'd still have scored twice as many as we have this season. <laughs> There we go. So you're saying they could spare him. That's what you mean. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. 
they're fine. We'll have it back to you for the playoffs. Yeah, so greedy. Uh, Finley says, "I know you'll be getting a lot of complicated questions, so I thought I'd put more of a Ask fun a complicated one question. <laughs> what is your favourite and least favourite Yeovil home kit? Favourite? What ever? Yeah. Oh, okay. My favourite's the um, se- uh, semi-final against Sheffield United, where Ben dragged me down the stairs. No kit. He said kit. kit. Oh kit! I thought he said match. I thought he said game. Oh kit! Oh, I don't give it." monkeys about kids um, um, my least favorite is the stripey one we wore against or the hoopy one we wore against manchester united that had loads of little oh yeah that was awful i didn't like that one and it that was, was only season as well yeah and it was only one above remember we were going to have the achieved by unit in times new roman yes that would have been the worst kit but obviously never made it into existence that one is the worst kit, most certainly of recent years. My favourite is 0203. Triangle neck. I like this season's. It's just, I like this season. It's been so terrible, isn't it? We have. I think we should get rid. <laughs> get rid. Go back to hoops. We were good in hoops. No, go back to plain. All green. We tried plain. Yeah, that was fine. We were decent. We made the playoffs. Did we? Yeah, didn't we? No, that was hoops. Were we in hoops? Yeah, we were hoops in the playoffs. Okay. The playoff final, we had that special kit, didn't we? The playoff semi, whatever, eliminator, we had that special kit, which we then wore the season after. Oh, yeah. But before that, we were were hoops. I I like all green. Plain green for me, please. Dave, don't give them. I don't care. Uh, Robin Batchelor wants to know what team we'd pick on Tuesday night with the players we have available. Right, Dave, you're at left back. Um, I'll go. Um, I'll go. I don't know. I guess. Jeez, I'll tell you what. Scored. I'll put Robin Bachelor up front. Now there is a target man for you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what then. Hold the ball up. I'll feed off Robin Bachelor up top. Me yeah. and you, Robin. Big man, little man combo. Exactly. Done. Well, I think we're stalling here while Ian is busily scribbling down what his team is going to be. So I'll start you off. Grant Smith. <laughs> Smith. I'm going four four at the back. If they're fit, Johnson, Bevan, Staunton, record. Midfield three, Cooper, Worthington. That's a Jordan, Jordan Maguire drew in that midfield, sort of the peak of the midfield. Front three, Pollock one side, Linton the other. I'm not playing Rio young. Griffiths. Should we start with 10? No, Young, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go on in, who have you got? I've gone Smith, Johnson, Staunton, Bevan, record. Yeah, same. Cooper, Worthington, Pollock as a trio. Okay. And then Young, Linton, JMD. Same 11. I We just swapped over positions of Pollock and JMD. Fine. I'm happy with that. We'll go with yours. Yeah, I'll go with yours as well, then. No doubt it'll be wing-backs. Um, Dexter Tyson says, evening. After evening, the- Dexter. After the ball kicking last week, would you rather do a bush tucker trial of eating a witchetty grub and a vomit fruit milkshake or watch that awful so-called performance again? What's in a vomit fruit milkshake? I don't know, but I'm not good with weird foodie, not foodie things, so I'd rather watch the game again. I see. I'm not very good with that performance. 
Say, but you've already watched it because you were watching the highlights before we started recording this. So yeah. you'd have to watch it a third time. That's that yeah, is that, worth numerous witchery grubs. I'll be honest with you, watching that a third time is actually against UN laws for torture. So and do it again. UN laws for torture. Um is it S Sam Gregory says it is it more difficult to sack a manager if the son plays for the team? I don't think so. No. Gary left, it, didn't he, rather? But it probably means the son, who is one of our three best players, is less effective. And I probably... More, I think it's more difficult to sack a manager if you don't actually own the football club yet. Yeah, that is tricky. Yeah. Uh, Gemma Clare says, I hear Matt's mum has plans to decorate the club. What would you not want changed? For me, it's a carpet. Please don't get new carpet. Spent a lot of money on that carpet, didn't they? Yeah, a lot of money on carpet. Um, well, I hope they haven't got rid of the um, Martin Baker uh, stand sign, and that, that makes his way back up on. I know the Glovers Trust won't necessarily be a sponsor of it, but I hope that's there somewhere. Although it Bring does appear the big bad you said. It does. It does appear that maybe a sponsorship for the main stand will become available very soon. If we are led to believe. Uh, I think Jonathan Adams is asking for a meal deal rating here, Ben. Uh, okay, so let's go. Chicken and bacon club sandwich. Great cheese start. And, cheese and onion McCoys. Mm. And Red Bull. It's, it's it, as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. So what? So uh, about what about meatloaf instead of your chicken club sandwich? Not no, no, no. I'd, I'd have meatloaf instead of the cheese and onion crisps, maybe. Um, chicken and bacon club sandwich. A snack, a meatloaf. That's is... a hell of a snack. That. <laughs> in Poundland, Robert Ginster's Cornish pasties count as a snack in the meal deal. So you can buy, so you can buy a sandwich, get a proper Ginster's pasty as the side, and then get a drink. Flabbergasted. Uh, that's a that's a that's a solid meal deal. We're going. We're going five. We're going five. I was going to four. It no, no. Go to the five. Off the fence. <laughs> yeah, go to the five. Have the five. Nice. Uh, we've answered the first part of Martin Lee's question about who we're starting up front on Tuesday, but he also wants to know what are you ordering for McDonald's? McDonald's. Yeah. I always have uh, um, McNuggets meal. Uh, six nuggets, uh, Coke Zero, chips, and I have a hamburger chaser. To, uh, to got to have a ham, yeah, got to have a hamburger chaser. Um, I'm a I'm a wrap of the day kind of guy. I do like the the chicken wraps. Anfield, no. <laughs> yeah. Carry on, carry on. Yeah, uh, um, I'm a large nugget meal with a strawberry milkshake and then a double cheeseburger on the side. Got to have the chaser. Yeah, got to have the chaser. Yeah, all about the burger. Right. Okay, Ben. Well, that's what we're doing on the way on the way back from Gateshead on Tuesday. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, fine. Uh, Shelley asks, "How lucky are we to have Josh Staunton? And do you think he leaves in the summer if we go down?" I love that man. There was a moment, Josh. Uh, there was a moment where he talks in, in the post match, and it's the second time he says, "I'm hurt," and his voice very nearly goes. I've listened to that two-word sentence about a hundred times and I just want to hug the man because I believe him when he says he hurts because he, he, he physically he hurts and mentally he hurts <laughs> yeah 
what uh, you don't see he... in that video is his foot, the hole at the top of his foot with blood coming from it. Like, like it's he is physically hurt, but in that moment, I think he's very much talking about the emotion we, situation we're in. We will look back on him as being just so important, and I think we'll probably lose him in the summer. Maybe regardless. Because he's a valuable player, and I think there will be plenty of people, plenty of teams in for a valuable player of that uh, ilk. Um, I hope it? he's our Matt Letizia. I hope he's the one who stays. Just not, not Matt, not like that Matt Letizia. I'm talking Crikey. about Matt Letizia, the footballer, not oh, okay. Matt Letizia, the <laughs> conspiracy theorist. Just take case. that tin hat off. No, 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 no. In as much as, come on, yeah, let, let's at least admit Matt Letizia was a great player. Come on. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, all right. Yeah, so calm down, calm down. It's okay. It was no um, Marion Pahas. <laughs> no Marion Pahas. No, you're right. He's not. But um, yeah, he turned down an awful lot of uh, cl- uh, clubs to stay at Southampton. So maybe Josh Staunton will do the same thing. I hope you're right um, about the Staunton thing, not about the Letizia thing. Um, but unfortunately, I, I, I think he'll be in League Two with Woking next season. Oh, League Two. Gonna have to get you together with Robin Batson on Tuesday, aren't we? I know. Woking fan club. That's all right. I'm on Twitter. Okay, right. so I've got I've got two more. I'm gonna end with Chris Angelo, but uh, I'm gonna have Nick Haywood. Peanut butter, cheese, and coleslaw sandwich, yes or no? That's a crime. That's <laughs> not a sandwich. It sounds like the most horrific thing I've ever heard. That's not a sandwich. <laughs> I don't particularly like those things separately. Right. Together. I, I, I'm, I'm I mean, quite I'm happy a fan with... of cheese, but, uh, uh, but but not with coleslaw and peanut butter. But... I, I will add a push, go to a cheese and coleslaw sandwich. But the coleslaw is not the first thing I'm looking for in the fridge. I'm going for the pickle. I'm thinking, where's the cucumber? Oh, no, neither of those are available. I have got some coleslaw that's questionably out of date. Might as well use it. <laughs> peanut butter. Give it a sniff. Yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's that's worthy of jail time. Yeah. Can I just say that that Nick 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 Haywood as well is a top fan of the Glovers cast as well. So, well, I mean, thanks Nick. Yeah, thanks Nick. Appreciate but, that, but you know, let's let's sort those taste buds out. Yeah. Okay. So finally, Chris Angelo, here's a question, which is good because <laughs> um, these are the questions. <laughs> Have you thought about making the podcast about something else over the summer? If the worst happens, we might all want to think about something else for a bit. <laughs> what would you like, Chris? Yeah. What would, what would you, like? you like us to do? Can we just talk I'm, about strange sandwich combinations? Yeah, well, I yes, because I, 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 yeah, I don't want to do these anymore. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. We should do a podcast where we play football manager and we sign Rio Griffiths and put him up front in a relegation battle in the National League and see how it goes. I, I think, actually, we should do the opposite. I think we should sign Rio Griffiths for Man City in place of Haaland and then see how they get on watch by playing them with get ten relegated from and watch them get relegated and watch them play with 10 men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to any ideas um, about the summer. We might just not do anything over the summer. <laughs> Should we have the summer off? We might need to up our game because if the worst happens and we get relegated and the BBC stop bothering to cover us, potentially, we're going to have to do it, lads. That's it. Oh, we're, gonna have to, we're gonna have to up our coverage, not let it. <laughs> Don't know if I've got upping it anymore, Ben. I, I'm I'm exhausted, but we might I, have to imagine. 
you get miserable at National League. I'm baseball. still miserable. Imagine how uh, tough you're going to find it in National League South press boxes. Well, no, I'm not going to go to National League South press boxes because I'm 300 miles away. I'm a, I, I looked it up the other day. I'm 191 miles away from my nearest National League side. National League Where's South that? side. Braintree. Oxford was a teeny tiny bit more. What was it? Door to door. Braintree, 191 miles. Will you, a, a, will you pick a North team for a season? Just I'm, so you... far, I'm farsy till I die. <laughs> well, I'm farsy till you overlook good again. <laughs> well, and as Dave has already told us, that's a couple of seasons. Yeah. <laughs> <At least. laughs> oh, dear. There you go, mate. Well, I've got a rail card and it, it gets, uh, gets two people a third off. So, so you can come with me. You just have to be my carer. That's all you have to be. So, <laughs> all right. Sorted. Right, on to Gates, Ed. It's going to be oh, fine. Yeah. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm really sure it's going to be fine. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away. 